to a new podcast called The Recliner, and this podcast is going to be about movie reviews. Me and Jordan are going to rewatch a bunch of films or watch them for the first time and do some movie reviews about them, hence the name The Recliner. It is now a part of the Couch Podcast Network, uh, and I'm very excited for this. This is something I've wanted to do with you a long time. I'm a new movie guy. I used to not be super into movies. The old ADHD was hard to sit there and watch, but you are an old movie head. And I figured who better to come on and start this movie review podcast with than the best guy, Jordan Dyer. So wow, what an intro. I know, I know. I'm I'm feeling excited about this. Um the first movie we're going to review for our inaugural uh recliner episode is the nineteen ninety-two movie called Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It stars Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin, Kevin Spacey, Alan Arkin, Ed Harris, and Jonathan Price. And the it's about an office in New York City. Um, there's a bunch of real estate salesmen, and they're given the news that all but two of them will be fired at the end of the week. So there's three of them, and they have to figure out who is going to outsell everyone. And they are all trying to outsell each other. Um, they're doing everything they can to get the better leads who we can get into what leads exactly are um, as someone our age. I don't think that was pretty obvious what they were because I was a little confused about them, um, but they're all fighting for these leads to get better sales and um, they're willing to do anything to get these leads and to avoid losing their job. Um, so let's just start with the cast here of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Um, you have Al Pacino, in his prime would you say definitely yeah he's ridiculous in this movie you have like so at this time it comes out 92 he comes out in 90 95 he's in scent of a woman in 92 and he has at this by the time he's done this movie he's he's been in the godfather scarface um he's been in dog day afternoon donnie brasco comes five years later it's it's mid prime Mid-prime yes. Pacino. Mid-t- mid-prime Pacino. And you also have a younger Alec Baldwin. Um, and he's kind yeah. of... He's coming off of Beetlejuice and The Hunt for Red October. Um, and then you have Jack Lemmon, who is just a cinema legend and one of the most important figures in cinema, earlier cinema. He is towards the tail end of his career he looks to be around in his 70s around this time. And then you have a very young Kevin Spacey, which is the one of the more interesting characters in the movie. We can get into him. This is he goes on to do seven three years later, which is kind of his breaking point, I think, where he really starts to break out. Um, and then obviously from there, he goes on to have a tough career to talk about, obviously, with who he is. Um, as an actor, he's a very, very good actor. Legendary. But I think. Yeah, legendary actor, um, not so legendary uh, person, we can say. <laughs> we, but, we don't talk about the off-the-field issues. No, we do not. Um, Alan Arkin at this time takes on a role of different um, George Aaron, and then you have Ed Harris as well. So this is a really star-studded cast in this movie, and it's really interesting because it's just – they kind of break off into twos and they each have a scene where they kind of go off of each other. Right. Yeah. So Al Pacino really 
is not featured in the first half of the movie. He, the movie, would you give it to, I think it's Alan Arkin, um, Alec Baldwin, and Kevin Spacey, Jack Lemmon. Those are the kind of main characters focused in this movie in the well, beginning. Well, Alec Baldwin, yeah, in, in the beginning, I mean, that Alec Baldwin's only in one scene in the whole movie, but it's maybe the, the best, best scene. scene. It, yes. It's, it's one of the best, like, speech scenes that I've ever watched in my life. He, he he's <laughs> the way he talks to the salesman is it it shocked me i was like not expecting that level of swearing it, there was one yes. time uh moss asked what's your name and he goes what's my name fuck you that's my name <laughs> and i was like oh this is <laughs> like just such great delivery of, of those lines from alec baldwin and amazing writing by whoever wrote that scene that was just it, 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 you can't take your eyes off the screen during that scene. I got to go back and rewatch it. So Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is a play. And right. it's been adapted to screenplay. So that was written um, by the playwright. And I think that's originally that's that was an originally thing. I think they only added two extra scenes. If you notice, there's only two uh, technically like three settings, right? It's the Chinese. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Chinese restaurant. It's the office. And then there's a brief setting. Honestly, one of the saddest parts in the movie when Jack Lemon, uh, his name's Shelley Levine in the in the movie. He's basically the oldest kind of guy in the in the triplet of salesmen, and he's on a cold streak and he has to sell because he has like a sick daughter at home and he needs to um sell so he doesn't get fired, right? And he goes and he just kind of walks in this guy's house, right? So he pretends that he's in, yeah. in from Florida, in New York City from Florida. So let's backtrack a little bit. The movie is they're selling fake real estate. It's um, not fake. It's just overpriced. It's like a ski. It's like a uh, a timeshare kind of situation. Yeah, where it's yeah, like, yeah. So he is calling people. The movie opens with him in like a Chinese restaurant, a phone booth, calling someone, pretending like he's in from Florida when he's in New York City. Right? He lives there. He mm-hmm. works there. And he's like, "Hey, I just come. I just came in. Is your wife on the phone?" And it's really funny. We can talk about this too. How they target the females um, in this movie. They try to get the wives on the phone, almost as if yeah. they're like dumber, and they're trying to yeah. sell them. Um, and it's just really interesting. So eventually, later on in the film, he goes and he basically cold calls a house that the wife is gone, and he's trying to sell the husband. And the husband's like moving, and he's like. He's like, I'm getting out. Like, I need to go. Can you get out of my house? And Jack Lemmon's like, oh, I'll drive you to go pick up your wife. And he's like, no, get out. Like, I have to go. And he's like, all right, I'll come with you. And the guy's like, get the fuck out of here. And it's <laughs> the desperation on and from Jack Lemmon's character is just remarkable in that scenario, correct? Yeah, definitely. And he, I love the scene earlier with him, the desperation where he's trying to convince Williamson, who's Kevin Spacey's character, oh, yeah. to give him the leads. And it, it it's like another sales pitch to his boss, which just goes horribly and ends up with them basically making a deal that Levine gets fucked in and gives up what 20% of his commission sales, or something. Yeah. Commission. And, and they, they, and then he doesn't even get the leads anyway, cause he doesn't have the cash to buy them. So he's desperate that whole movie. And yeah, the, the scene in the house um, where he thinks it, is going to go well because he spoke to the wife on the phone uh, and, and then he gets to the house and she's not there and he has to deal with the husband and the husband is just completely not into it. That just the, the look on his face as he leaves the house and as he sees that it's not going anywhere and that he's fucked, it's, it's hard to watch. 
Yeah, especially because he's an old guy in this. Like he's in his seventies, right. and it's just like I have an affinity for old people. So seeing him just <laughs> clawing, you know, to try and get anything. Um, so I wanted to tie this back to this is a, a movie where it's the stars just going at each other, kind of, and just having amazing performances that show why these guys are stars, and they kind of break off into doubles and play off of each other, right? And the first time you see it is with um Alec the Alec Baldwin. This is a solo monologue where he is just he comes in from I guess what would be considered like the corporate office and he just kind of flexes on everybody. He's like, see this watch? Fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Um and he's just like talking about how much of a badass he is. And he gives I drove here in a BMW, you drove here yeah. in a Volvo Honda, or some or shit. Super, yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> and um so that's amazing. That's an amazing monologue. And then after that, you have Jack Lemon, um, hit Shelly, the, the character Shelly, just his the dialogue in this movie is very, very unique. And I think it's very um I think this is, you know, common to the the guy who made this movie. Um I'm blanking on his name right now, Mammoth. but Mammoth, yes. So Mammoth Mammoth's whole thing is that all of his movies, the dialogue in all those movies sound the relatively similar similar and it's hard to describe without you actually listening um without us playing a clip but it's very old sounding dialogue like it's very intelligent and concise and clear but it's old sounding like it sounds like an older form of english or speaking to one another that i don't think it exists anymore right yeah definitely uh the especially what's his name shelly yeah, Shelley. Uh, Jack Lemon. Yes, and the way that he, first off, this seems like they're taken in one take, right? Or not one take, but this is one shot. It's not a split. Like there's not cutting. I mean, they go. There's definitely long shots. I don't think like that. Shelley trying to convince Williamson to give him the leads. That's a really really long scene. There's there's multiple cuts in that. It's hard to yeah. do a scene like that with one shot especially like what what we're talking about with this dialogue um but nonetheless it's super impressive he he, all these guys like you said the dialogue and you can tell that it's a play like you said because it's not about the setting it's not about how it looks it's about the dialogue it's about the characters and what they're saying um the, the the budget for this movie was spent on the actors not on the sets and I think that's that's kind of a refreshing thing that when you go back to a 90s movie is very different about uh, what you see today. Yeah. And I, I think it, even for that time, it was an old way of speaking that's not heard anymore in the 90s. I think that's just yeah from those play guys. But anyway, Shelley Levine is the performance from Jack Lemmon in this character, but especially when he's just begging, like you said, he's pleading with the character of... Um, uh, John Williamson, who's Kevin Spacey, he's just pleading with him to give him some leads, and Spacey plays it really well. He's emotionless. Did you yep. feel like he was his mind was somewhere else? I felt like he was not even in the scene well, mentally. I I feel like his character is just written as this like extension Bland. of a corporation. Like yes, he yes. <laughs> he is only there to do what the company tells him to do. Uh, not here to be friends with his coworkers. Not here to help anyone out. He is simply doing his job and he doesn't want to you know break any rules have any relationships do anything 
that he's not supposed to do. But of course, he he ends up doing <laughs> agreeing yeah. to do something that he's not supposed to do. But yeah, his character just tries his hardest. Like it, it, it was like watching Jack Lemon sell to a brick wall. And yes. So, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exa- a brick wall is a great way of putting it. He's just no, no, I'm not giving you the leads. No, <laughs> no, I, I can't do that, Shelly. <laughs> and think just like think of someone literally if you were to close your eyes and listen to this dialogue, you would picture Jack Lemon on his hands and knees with his hands together, praying, begging. Yeah. And the per- the performance, the dialogue from him is I-, I was I admittedly was not super familiar with Jack Lemon. I knew him as a name. I, I don't I think this is my first Jack Lemon movie. And now he has become like from this scene. I was like, I'm all in like this is clearly <laughs> I understand. I guess I watched him in Grumpy Old Men when I was old, when I was young, rather. But I'm all in on him. Like I I'm going to go back and watch his movies from the 70s and early 80s because I he's obviously an icon and just you can see the level that there's levels to the acting game and he is at the top level. Um, did you think you watched, Spacey was you watched so, Grumpy Old Men when you were old? That's when I was young. No, I didn't watch when I was old. Time traveling? That's <laughs> time awesome. Travel. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you think that did you like the Spacey character? Did you think that this was a good Spacey acting job? Uh I so I've seen the usual suspects, which is I think maybe I have seen seven, I've seen the usual suspects. I haven't really seen House of Cards. I'm not super into kevin spacey stuff but i have seen those other things i think this was out of the three that i just mentioned i didn't think he was amazing in this movie but i didn't think he had to be i think he played the character perfect and that's all you can ask of the guy like uh there's not a whole lot of acting that you needed out of spacey until you could argue the last scene where it's the big reveal then you get to see some acting chops um especially like when he screws it up with roma Oh yeah. It, Great scene. Right right from that moment uh he he's able to bring out his personality and how his character would act in that moment and yeah so Spacey was great. Everyone was great but I didn't think Spacey's character had a whole lot of room to really show off um his acting chops like Al Pacino or Alec Baldwin or Jack Lemmon. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because th- it was interesting like when I finished the movie immediately I was like, "Huh, or like during the movie and when I finished it, I was like, Kevin Spacey wasn't good in that movie, which is weird <laughs> yeah. because he's like, I've known him from seven and we're going to do L.A. Confidential later. We're going to do Margin Call later. And those are apparent. Those are movies that he's elite in. And he was elite in seven. Seven is like I remember seeing him and being like, holy fuck, that was Kevin Spacey. He's I didn't know the twist at all. Yeah. yeah. And seven's a movie we can do as well Um, because that's one of the greatest movies ever. I just know we have both watched it. But um. I, I left the movie feeling like underwhelmed from Spacey's performance. And then I really sat and thought about it. This was a movie too, that I just kind of thought about a lot after I finished it. I don't know why I just found myself thinking about these are guys that don't really exist anymore in, in the, and what they do. And we'll put a pin in that, but Spacey, I, I, when I left this performance, I kept thinking like, Oh, you know, it makes sense that it's exactly what you said. He was meant to be a company man who, is personalityless and yeah is just an extension of corporate and he's not supposed to give you anything he's not supposed to give you happy sad hot or cold he's going to be nothing and he does that perfectly until the final scene when finally 
you think he breaks and he's not actually breaking. He's just coming to a conclusion, right? Yeah. Well, he finally has some real leverage. Like he gets berated the whole movie. The whole it's ridiculous. <laughs> and he's the boss, right? Yes. And and it's all the people who are technically under him uh, who talk to him in a shocking way that you would never think of an employee talking to their boss. And then Spacey just takes it the whole movie. And in, in the final scene, he finally gets, obviously, the, the information on Shelly. And he, he kind of walks at him. He's like, what did you say? How did you know that? Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think finally his, his real personality starts to come out a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're totally like dead on. Um, what was the thing I, I forgot, I completely forgot. I said, I was going to put a pin in it and we we're going to loop around. Do you remember what I that was? these guys don't really exist anymore? Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Now, this type of character, the cold call guy, right? Right. I, we didn't, we didn't grow up with this like we didn't grow up with people coming right into your house and trying to sell you something off the trying street. to sell you a timeshare in florida yeah yeah we grew up with telemarketers we grew up with email spams right we're growing yeah. up with um email spams and twitter spams and dms and all that type of shit we didn't grow up with people coming in off the street and trying to fast talk that you're their way into selling you something and it's pretty fascinating because if you look at the scene like the setting of their office like you don't realize it so here's the other thing the first half of the movie is at night. And then yeah. the second half of the movie is during the day. And you don't notice it at night, but during the day, you get a, sh- a shot of the outside of this office. This is a shitty office. It, if it was an office now, it'd be like a dry cleaning spot in between. It's in between a Chinese restaurant and something else. And it's tiny little hole in the wall and it looks like shit. And it's pretty yeah. evident that they're failing. This is 92, so they're probably kind of getting towards the last decade of what this job entails. It's going to become a telemarketing job eventually. And just the idea of these fast-talking guys coming in and just using their charm and their wit to sell you on something, it still exists as like a car salesman, but they're not coming to you, right? You're going to them. And it's just a really interesting look at for someone of our age who didn't really get to live through that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I I have a job right now where I'm partly in sales where there is cold calling, and it's fucking hard, dude. Like, yeah, like cold calling people sucks. People don't want to buy your shit. <laughs> and no, it's and and my job is I have contacts that are associated with my company already, so it's not a pure cold call. These guys are going into you have the houses. Leads. Yeah, <laughs> I right and. Obviously, you see like the the Glenn Gary leads, which Al Pacino has a lot easier to sell. Yes. So the the cold calling job, it is interesting that it's it's kind of the walk in, go door to door house thing is is completely over. And it was very interesting to see Shelly make that trip. And And I thought it was also interesting talking about Spacey's character that the reason they don't respect him so much is because he doesn't understand their job. And yes, Spacey's, uh, they, they mentioned like, he's never gone on a sit. He's never mm-hmm. actually tried to do what they do. And he still bosses them around. He hasn't put in the time. Right. And, and he's clearly unqualified for his job too. So. Yeah. So, and they mentioned like, you're the nephew of someone is kind right, of, right. I don't in. care whose nephew you are. Yeah. We haven't yeah. talked about Al Pacino enough. I don't think. 
Well, we're in the first half of the movie still. Yeah. So we're going to get to Pacino. Trust me. Um, the So I wanted to talk about this idea of us not receiving cold calls anymore. Do you think it's more of. So the idea to me came came to me that I think that news obviously has made current events way more available to anyone in the world. We know way more about the world than we've ever known. And obviously that's development in history and that's going to happen no matter what. But it's clear to me that if someone came in and knocked on my door and tried to sell me something, I'd kick them out and kind of be rude about it. And that was not the case, obviously, before then. Do you think the media has made it so that way people are way more um, – they they know way more about crime and about what could happen by letting a stranger into your home? And the just we have evolved through media and every other type of news outlet, and we become afraid of – sort of this human interaction element and we become more closed off as a society or do you think it's just like you know this job became automated and it was more of a technology thing like what do you think it was yeah. news media well, or technology well, i think it's both but i think it's i'm not mad about it like <laughs> oh yeah i i i think it's pretty smart to not let strangers in your house uh, no matter what they're trying to do for you exactly but the but you yeah, didn't know that there I, wasn't I certainly, enough there wasn't enough data about how dangerous right. that was. And then suddenly you start hearing stories about the seventies, eighties, nineties, about people getting murdered, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. kidnappings, robberies, whatever. And it becomes widespread news that everyone can get. I can go on a podcast right now and listen about a million different murders that happened. And now I'm like, okay, well that's a lesson. Do not open your door. You yeah. Know? And even if, even if someone came to my door, I think, and they said that they were going to try and sell me a house in Florida. I think my mom would be like, don't let them in. They will murder you. Like they're yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to steal something or they're trying to commit a crime. Like this is, you can't let someone in your house. So yeah, I, I have a pit bull. And my favorite part of having a pit bull is the fact that I <laughs> just let him. You're just loose. waiting on the cold caller. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm waiting for the Bring Jehovah's, the witnesses, dude. I'm waiting for him. <laughs> no, we're not waiting. Um. Okay. So my next question um, is, are these guys evil? Are they good or bad? Well, the salesman. Yeah, the salesman. So obviously the robbery itself is evil. In, no, well, they're selling <laughs> they're selling their job. You mean what they do? Yeah. Like I said, I'm in sales. I don't think it. I don't think it's evil. I think but you're not selling an illegal product. Technically, this product is meant to fail. I suppose. Yeah. Um I think the Al Pacino scene actually illustrates this the best where he's selling to James Link in the Chinese restaurant and his whole, the pitch isn't really the pitch. The pitch is he talks about life. He talks about how he feels after taking a shit, how he feels Having after sex. he has sex. Yeah. Um, Like he talks about eating certain types of food and he kind of ropes this guy Link into thinking first of all that he's his friend and second of all he gets to this point where um he talks about like self-empowerment and how things don't have meaning unless we give them meaning mm -hmm. and then eventually he pulls out the glengarry home and he's like what does this mean i don't know does this mean anything to you it could and that's where it's it cuts off and it's like he's about to go into his pitch but really he already did the whole pitch i think that's good sales i i really yeah. do befriending someone and making them think that you are 
and, and I know it's set, it's shitty. Like, yes, it's shitty. That that's not illegal. <laughs> Selling someone no. something. So that I'm fine with. If if a timeshare is really illegal, which I don't know anything about, then yeah, that's fucked up. But I don't. They wouldn't have a a job. They wouldn't have a company if what they were doing was completely illegal. Well, it sounds like they're. It looks like they're on the way out, anyways. Because from all, from all angles, it, they make mention of how this is a failing business and or their business specifically, their office. Well, it could be a failing business, but that doesn't mean that it's illegal. Yeah, it, it's okay. actually closer to evil to me than it is to illegal. Like it's yeah. super shitty. You're ripping people off. But no, you're not breaking the law. Well, that's the question, though. Is it evil or is it are they good or are they evil? So no, I, they're, I think not we're they're, they're not good. They're not good people. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's do the Al Pacino now. Well, hang on. We didn't talk about one of my. There were three sales pitches that were in the first half of the movie that wasn't to any client. We talked yeah. about two of them: Shelley to Williamson, Moss to Link. Then there's the pitch. Moss pitching Aaron oh, out, I think yeah. is his character's name. It's Aaron um, out. Yes. We we didn't give these guys enough. We didn't give Ed Harris Her- oh my goodness. Ed Harris and Alan Arkin enough credit because these guys are also f- just going crazy in this scene in terms the, of just how good their acting is. Right. So this is this is the other double that you were talking about. Yes. And it's the dialogue, the writing. The way that they talk where it, they start off there and let's do it. Yeah, he goes. it seems like they're just joking. And he's like, uh, Alan Arkin's like, are we talking about this or are, are we talking about this? Yeah, he's like, we're talking and, about it. <laughs> he's like, wait, so we're talking about it. Yeah, we're just we're speaking. We're about speaking. This. We're ta- so we're speaking or we're talking about it. And it's like, no, we're talking. It's so, yeah, it's so good. And it's so funny because they're they're having the conversation of are we joking about potentially robbing rob robbery or is this actually happening like and and obviously and harris's character knows the whole time that they're they're really talking about it like he's mm. doing this and he needs help yeah and finally alan arkin kind of catches on and he he gets himself it, it, it's no, a this is what happened this is the part that i wanted to talk about too sorry to cut you off but this is the part that is one of the better lines in a in a movie full of amazing lines. And it's the part go, that goes, you're going to get in trouble because you listened. Yeah. You listened. He didn't do it. And, and that's what Ed Harris says to Alan Arkin's character. He's like, Alan Arkin's like, I can't get in trouble for this. Like you, if I don't do anything, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then the idea Ed Harris just goes, you got in trouble because you listened. And it's just perfect. It's just such like a good, like made you think line, like, fuck, he's an accessory now. And it's like, he says so much without saying a ton because now you're like, well, what does he do now? Because technically right. he's, he's right. In, he's an accessory. <laughs> he's in such a bad spot because it's either you do what uh, Moss is telling you, which is actually steal the shit and go break into the office and steal the leads. But it's not or, only that. It's not only that. It's you steal. You do the you are going yeah. to go do the heavy work and then you are going to give get two thousand five hundred bucks <laughs> and I'm going to get five thousand bucks. Oh, wait. I'm going to get more, but I'm not going to tell you how much I'm getting, which is yeah, the funniest by, part. By the way, you're welcome for bringing this idea across to you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And you're also you going to get happy. in trouble if you don't do it. So fuck you. And it's just, yeah, it's just like, whoa, how did he's this like, happen? If you, if you don't do it, I'm going to get caught. 
<laughs> yeah, that's his other way of being like, you have to do it because if I do it, I'm gonna get caught. Yeah, they're gonna know and it's me. They're, they're gonna know it's me because I have bad mouth the company and I do all this shit. They they won't think it's you. And, and it, <laughs> it's just the perfect sales pitch. It's one of those things. Like, yeah. have you ever have you ever been in? Well, a scenario- I mean, that's it's not the perfect sales pitch because he completely threatens him with no accusing him of a crime. But it is Look, it works. It, it seems effective on a super macro sense, right? Though, like, have you ever stopped and talked to someone? And you're just stuck there. And then you get like, I don't know. Like, I'm such a sap. I get sold on everything. Like, <laughs> they they sell me on dumb shit. I tip like a big amount, big amounts, even though I'm so poor. Like, I, I, I'm sold on everything. And for me, it's that felt like one of those where it's like, you didn't, you, the guy's like comes up to you and he's friendly. And you're like, oh, this guy's fucking cool. And then by the end of it, he's like, so you're, you're in this now, like you're buying this from me, correct? Like we're halfway through the transaction. So you're kind of past the point of <laughs> like the shoes are on the table. So it would look weird if I went and go put the shoes back in front of you and you walk out of here without your shoes. So it looks stupid. Right. And it's like, that's one of those things when it's just like a, a wonderful sales pitch, not wonderful. It's a perfect sales pitch that ropes you in, confuses you. And by the end of it, you feel like you have nowhere else to turn, but to listen to the guy. Yeah. And that's, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was going to listen to him. So uh, this is why I want to ask yeah. you. Well, no, let's, did you... can we, can we, I, I, I know what question you're going to ask, but let's save that for later. Cause I do think we should talk about Pacino. Okay. Let's do it. Cause I, I, I know what question you're going to ask. I was going to qu- ask the exact same question, but let's save it for a little bit later. Cause we have not talked about Pacino yet. And I want to go a little chronologically because after this halfway through the movie, I mean, you see Pacino once and then, He's not like in a major scene. And then he just takes over the movie and he's just right. Is he was a show? Yeah. And he's just ridiculous. Just I, I just went back. He so you. Yeah, he was in like a quick scene. And I think he was literally just like drinking a beer in the Chinese restaurant. He probably had like a sentence or two. Um, I might be misremembering that, but the scene wasn't significant. And no. then you don't see him until. 15 minutes into the movie is when the scene with James Lincoln, the Chinese restaurant happens from that point on Al Pacino's the star of the movie. It's not even close. He's the best actor. He has easily the most screen time. He's the only character that you want to see it, it. And he completely steals the show from a cast where everybody kills it. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that he is. What, what's your favorite part? Like what's your favorite Al Pacino part in this movie? Cause I have a couple. I mean, I think we all have a couple, but I have two okay. big ones that I really want. Okay, you you start because it's fresh on your mind. Okay. My first one is when he is cussing out. So he, Al Pacino's character is Roma, and Roma sells the sad sap that Jordan talked about already. Jack Link, that's his name, right? Um, James. J- sorry, James Link on, um, you know, he sells him whatever. And then the next morning, you know, Roma comes in and he finds that the, the office has been robbed, Right. And he's like, fuck you. Where's my fucking car? Fuck you. Give me my car. Fuck you. <laughs> you filed so it. Funny. You owe me a car. You fuck owe me a you. car. Fuck you. So many good lines. They ask him where's yeah. someone. And he goes, I don't know. I don't have a fucking leash. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, He goes, go get me a stick of bubble gum. I'll show you how to fucking chew it. Oh, my. It's just great. But um, he comes in. He's all hot because they he he was in the lead of the sales conference. And he was going to or the sales competition. He's going to win the car, whatever. Um. There's a robbery and he doesn't know if his sales filed. Right. And then the guy that he sold to comes back in with his and he's like, my wife is not letting me buy this. So he starts trying to resell him on not listening to his wife. And basically 
he's trying to push him off so that way the guy's check goes through so that way there's nothing he can do which is just so scummy and th- and that's a great scene my favorite part is kevin spacey's character comes out and basically is like oh what's up uh yeah your check cash and he doesn't know and it blows the sale he, so he thinks the, the check didn't actually cash he thinks um that link is upset by the office and the robbery and that like something happened to his contract. And so Kevin Spacey, not knowing says, Oh, you're all good. Like your check cash. It's, it already went through, even though it didn't, yeah. it, it just got filed, but he ruins the sale. And then that, that leads into obviously Al Pacino ripping him a new one. So that's my favorite scene is Al Pacino, so he's ripping Kevin Spacey a new one, but he does it in such a unique way where it's like it's almost like a double a double blam, whammy. Right. So it's like he goes, you are incomparable or he's like, you are incompetent. You don't know what you're doing, you idiot. And he goes, so he's like, he gives you a statement of how fucking bad, excuse me, he is and then calls him a word. Right. Just so, an insult. Yeah. Yeah. Straight so name calling. Yeah. He'll be like. You don't know your job. You are a bitch. Or, or no, he'll be, the better one is like, you are, you don't know what you're doing. You are dumb. Idiot. He he says words that I can't say on this podcast and I'm slowly dancing. Yeah, around. it's really, it's really bad what he actually says. But. Yes. And it's like, he's like, um, your daddy gave you this job. Fuck you. And it's just like the way that he's just like making statements and then dropping the, um, the cuss word. That's a noun, usually singular. I'm narrows it down. It's very derogatory to many groups of people. And it's just, it's a beautiful piece of writing and it's beautiful dialogue. And I've never heard anything like that before. And it's great acting. It's top tier acting. Yeah. It doesn't get better. We also kind of skipped over the part where when Link first comes in, Pacino instantly goes into salesman, I'm lying mode. And he oh, and he yeah. grabs Shelly and he's like, you are an American Express CEO. Oh Roll my God. <laughs> And he puts the gum under the table. He fucking he's like, when I flip my hair, Shelly, you asked to leave. And Shelly and him just go ahead, because this is the scene you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, this was my favorite part, because I think it 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 showed obviously Pacino's acting skills, but it also showed both characters situations really, really well, because Pacino does this whole improv. We got to get to the airport. This is who Shelly is. He's a super important guy, blah, blah, blah. I don't have time to deal with Link. And Shelly can't quite keep up with the lie. <laughs> like, yeah. he eventually catches on, but there's moments of hesitation where Pacino's looking at him to say stuff, and Shelly's like, wait, wait, what? He's and then- like, um, <laughs> he's like, your wife, your wife's, or he goes, you, your wife gets that cooking from that magazine. What's it called? And Shelly's like, just has this, I, like, I don't right. fucking know. I don't know it, and, and it shows, it shows why Roma is on the top of the board, right? So it shows yeah. why the characters are in the situation that they're in. Um, I thought that was a very good way to do that. And then obviously the when the detective Balin comes out and he That was my second favorite <laughs> scene where he's like, come on, let's fucking go. And he's like, one minute, I'm selling. <laughs> right. And then I mean eventually he gets to he calls Shelly um Shelly or or whatever he calls him whatever his name is and yeah. instead of the character he was playing and then it, it it just kind of fucks things up um the other thing i love is he gets into this fight with alan arkin roma comes in right after the robbery awesome and part it. yeah and there's just a throwaway line in there that i audibly laughed out loud which is alan arkin's like 
oh fuck you i'm going to wisconsin whatever and he's so pissed he's blown his lid he's fucking seething he's, mad he's mad he's mad because of the way the cop talked to him yes but then he comes out and um basically roma who is al pacino's character is like kind of making fun of him and he's like did you hear about shelly's sale because shelly comes in and yeah. shelly's like i just made this crazy fucking sale Shelly, the guy who is going to be like bankrupt and homeless or whatever, he just makes this $82,000 sale, which is you got to imagine his whole commission in, in a year in one day. So he comes in and he tells the story about the sale, which is just fucking awesome. It's such good acting by Jack Lemmon, just just yeah. showing how awesome he is. Um, Just the way his voice moves. And I sold her like I get her down there and I tell you, <laughs> you know what, Shelly, blah, 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 blah. And she gives me the whiskey and then we drink. And it's just so good. <laughs> and then... um. But anyways, they're talking about that. Roma comes storming, or not Roma. Um, Alan Arkin's character comes storming out after being talked to by the police. And he's all pissy. Roma basically tries to tell him about the sale from Shelly. You're talking about Alan Arkin? Is that it? Or is it yeah, Ed Harris? Yeah, Alan Arkin. No, sorry. I'm talking about Ed Harris. My bad. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I got him confused. I was going to say. Ed Harris comes storming out, and he's all pissy. And then... He and Roma get into it, and they really get into it. They're like, oh, fuck you, whatever. They start screaming at each other. And Roma, or Ed Harris leaves, and they've just been screaming at each other. They've called each other the meanest things. They're so mean. And he go, they're like screaming. He's like, fuck you, I'm out of here. I'm going to wherever. And then Pacino just goes, oh, how is she? Like, you know what I'm talking about? I forget what the exact dialogue is. But the way that he like he's for a second genuinely asks about it and it just makes um Ed Harris so much angrier. I'd audibly like I don't know if you know <laughs> well, what I'm talking about. I I don't know if I quite caught that, but what you're saying reminded me of when Alan Arkin's character actually comes out of the office and he makes eye contact with Ed Harris and the fight stops and Ed Harris just goes, How you doing? Yes. Oh, that was a great scene too. And and uh Arkin goes, I'm doing good. How are you doing? And it's like because those are the guys who just conspired about a robbery. Um a robbery that mysteriously took place, and there are detectives there trying to figure out who did it. Um yeah. Yeah, it's something I I wish I I forgot to look it up before we left. The sorry I cut you off, but no no. It was so funny in that fight with Roma and Ed Harris where (laughs) obviously Levine just like you said is super excited about his sale and Roma is like talking him up making him feel good he calls him the machine Shelly the machine Levine and 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 during the fight with Roma and Ed Harris Roma's like what about the machine and Harris goes fuck the machine yeah I love fuck the machine and he storms out and it's so funny that was a great impression Jordan thank you I worked on it only 17 times in the mirror before this. But... Fuck the machine. This, this movie's so quotable. Coffee's yeah, for closers. I, we've, we've, the the whole Alec Baldwin scene should be quoted, but I, we've only seen it once, so we need to like watch Drop it Drop the coffee now. Coffee <laughs> yeah. is for closers. The way he's so enunciated, and he carries yeah. that through. I remember in the Cat in the Hat movie, he's so... Whoa, what a reference. I just... I, I watched that movie... Th- hundreds of times as a little kid and the way that alan i just remember i didn't mean to call him alan but um he is so alec baldwin is so enunciated in the way he speaks and he kind of circles his mouth he's like close the door his mouth (laughs) i just remember that's that's something from um cat in the hat but yeah 
wonderful, just great. It's such a quotable movie. But yeah, I wish I could remember the exact quote um, when he's storming out the door. Um, I think he's going. He, I think what he might so. I think he might say, "I'm going to my sister's house in Wisconsin," and then Pacino goes, "Oh, how is she?" Like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, yeah, "Fuck that's, you." That's good. <laughs> yeah, something, something along those lines. Maybe that's not the exact quote, but it was in the, that vein. Um, okay, let's get to it now. Did you see the twist coming? Not at all. Literally, me neither. Okay, I'm es- glad. Especially, first of all, I'll preface this by saying I watch a lot of movies, but I suck at seeing twists. There's never been a movie with a t- twist that I saw coming, like yeah, genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go, I go back and I look up like, uh, like Shutter Island twist, and then I see a bunch of people like how I spotted the Shutter Island twist in the first yeah. scene, and yeah. I'm like, what? Um, so yeah, so I'll I, I did not, that. but. So obviously the the night before is Alan Arkin and Ed Harris conspiring the whole time. And obviously Alan Arkin, who's air now is super, he's not into it. He doesn't want to do it, but it seems like at the end of it, he has no choice. So you think it's going to be him robbing it. And then like the, the moment we just talked about where they make eye contact and they go, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It, it seems like they're saying like, I haven't broken to the cops yet. I think we're in a good spot or or something along those lines. And then the reveal comes and I'm like, what? I, I I didn't see it coming. I have a take on this. Okay. And I haven't heard anything. I, I only listened to like half of the rewatchables podcast on this. So I, if any of them talked about it, I don't want to take credit, but I, this is the take I came up with. What I think happened is Arkin and what's his face planned on doing it. Never did it. And Jack Lemon worked on his own and did it. That's what I think. Oh, dude, I don't think so at all. <laughs> I think because really? he is think the, Ed, the only thing is that Arkin is so guilty. Or Ed Harris. Hold on, wait, Arkin is. Wait, what? Just, Sorry, I, I keep mixing them up. So I, many names. The only thing is that Alan Arkin's character is so guilty. No, and that's what kind of throws a, a a loop into what I'm saying. But other than that, I really think that Jack Lemon just worked on his own. Yeah, that's okay. I see what you're saying, Alan Arkin, because when he's talking to Roma before, he's like. I get nervous talking to the cops. <laughs> yeah. He's like, how do you know? But I think he's dumb enough where he thinks that they somehow know that he like planned on. Right. Him. Right. But I think he, the, the reason he's, I think the reason he's actually nervous is because he was, he knew about it. He didn't do it though. And I think what happened was Ed Harris and Aaron out didn't end up working it out. And then Ed Harris goes, okay, let me go to Shelly. And Shelly being the most desperate character that we've, said this this whole movie obviously does it and also um well the phone call reveal no go ahead sorry the i didn't mean to cut you off but when the phone call at the end when shelly's like i'll have the money by then is to me it's him acting on his own and then what i thought happened was that alan arkin's character and ed harris's character never worked it out or they did and they planned on doing it a different day but alan arkin's character is dumb enough that maybe he thought um, because he knows, like you said, he's just in trouble automatically. And I think that that's why I think I just think Jack Lemon worked on his own. But that's why this movie's awesome because it's so well, up to interpretation. It I'm pretty ends. sure I'm pretty sure Levine said like when he finally admitted to it that he worked with Moss. Like Oh, you're so right. I totally missed that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. New to movies, it happens, dude. <laughs> no, I I remember that <laughs> happening. You're you're right. And I remember I literally he does. He does say that. So I'm dumb. But but we gotta talk about the scene, the the reveal scene. Oh yeah. So it's like, did you think it was unrealistic? 
not at all. I, I thought Levine comes in so happy, so prideful, feeling like the man. Not that. And then did you no, think it but, was un- unrealistic that Spacey would have Spacey's character would have picked up on that tiny thing in the sentence? No, no, okay. not at all. Because Roma, like like Kevin Spacey, finally fucks up. And Kevin Spacey was dicking around Shelly in the first scene, right? Yeah. And so Shelly finally has a chance to lay into him. And he does. And, and Roma does it first. And then he goes into the office. And then Shelly is like, this is my chance. I'm picking up right where he left off. And he does yeah. it. And he slips up. And he admits to something that he only could have known if he did, if he actually did the robbery. So yeah. I, I think I thought that was perfectly written with the way Shelly came into that scene after his big sale, being so hyped up, being so like after being down for so long, finally something huge happens. And he's like, I'm back. I'm the man. So on top of the world and I can do whatever the fuck I want. And he fucks himself. Yes. And, you know, one thing you mentioned is like uh, Shelly cleans up like Roma scraps. Yeah, he literally does. I think he calls him like like Roma ends by saying like you are like a like a bitch or a sad sap or something. And then Shelly comes into the scene and goes, you really are a sad sap and then just goes on it. And it's just like like just Roma Roma. It's like Roma dunked the ball and then got <laughs> a rebound or steal or something and then ooped it to Shelly to dunk it home. And he dunks it. And then at the last second, it's like Derek Rose's his breaks leg. his ankle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at us. Um, Yeah. So. Okay, I'm glad. So some questions I have about the end, right? These are some questions uh-huh. that, like, just to have. Do you think uh, Alan Arkin's character, so he just leaves the office and is like, I'm going to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Does he get caught? Does he go to jail? What happens? You're talking about Ed Harris again. God damn it. This is going to be so confusing <laughs> for listeners. I'm very sorry. Ed Harris's character. Uh, what's his name? Matt. No, he got uh, caught. He goes to jail. Yeah, his name 100%. is Dave Moss. Yeah, Moss, Moss gets Moss caught goes and jail. goes to jail, you think? How long yeah. do they get? Dude, I don't know. I, I don't know how s- sentences work, but a long time. A long time, you think? But uh, I mean, especially because they they lied. Like, he lied very yeah. and <laughs> straight they up, shit. was asked about it, lied about it. And they just tore fucking Spacey a new one. So I'm sure he's like, I'm testifying against you. I'm not giving you any sympathy. Exactly. There's there's nothing. No lawyer has a case to help them at all. They're they're fucked. Okay. Um, and then I'm trying to think here. Is there any other on it like questions that you had that you wanted to talk out about the movie? No, not not unanswered questions. Um. I do I do think that the ending where the reveal happens, Spacey's onto it, it's cool to see the power shift again. And yes. and it starts off the movie, Spacey has the power over Shelly. It's no, I'm not giving you leads. I can't do that, Shelly. And he's begging, he's sucking his dick, he's doing whatever the fuck to get these leads. And yes, metaphorically. And then Shelly gets the power after Spacey fucks up and he has the power for what 30 30 seconds 45 oh, yeah. seconds it feels longer and then as soon as the reveal happens first of all Shelly didn't defend himself at all he froze again like we were talking about like like he's just this shitty salesman who can't sell shit um completely froze 
had no way like he just admitted to it right away and if that was roma in that situation if that was al pacino's character i oh, think yeah. he finds a way to spin it and get out of it doesn't but, even take a second to think like it's just you did it no fuck you no i do no i didn't <laughs> exactly thinks on his feet and and levine can't do that so the power shifts back immediately and it's back to the first scene the final scene is the first scene all over again shelly begging to spacey for anything and the final like cherry on top of the sadness of Levine's character and the desperation is the fact that Spacey reveals that the, the people he sold to and, and Shelly was trying to be like, I'll give you half the commission of the sale I just made and all my commissions in the future. And Spacey goes, that check's not going through. Those people are mentally unstable that, that mm-hmm. they don't have enough money to, to make that deal. They just like talking to salesmen. And at that moment, Shelly's, face drops again great acting from lemon and it's over and he he lets it go and he he lets spacey go into the office and he just sits back down and he's like I, i'm i'm over and it's yeah, roma it's, comes out and he's like talking to him and it's like you know those scenes in war movies when the guy gets it's like next to a grenade and his ears are all it's like <laughs> and he's like just looking around and they're like you're like and no one he's just fucking looking at him (laughs) like what yeah Yeah. it's the it's shell shot really hear it yeah yeah um yeah so who was and then real quick um how meta is it that pacino and lemon in this movie are acting as salesmen act in one scene are acting as salesmen acting as different salesmen (laughs) you know what i'm saying like they play a double character in the scene where it's Jack well, yeah, when they're a character Shelley. playing a character. Yes, that's pretty crazy to me. Like just the <laughs> amount just the I know I know that's a common movie trope, but the the level of acting you have to have to be able to pull that off as yeah. awesomely as they did. Well, the thing is is yes, they're they're a characters playing another character, but like I like we talked about with Shelley, like it's really about the character of Levine. Like, because he doesn't play a good American Express CEO. He, Jack Lemon plays a great Shelly, which Shelly sucks at at selling stuff and at lying and at 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 trying to be something he's not. Like, like Shelly sucks at acting. Jack Lemon, great at acting and portrayed what, that very well. Well, actors doing bad acting, <laughs> yeah. like actors acting bad acting, is the crazy is like the most impressive thing to me. Like when you see SNL actors acting like bad acting, if that that's a crazy <laughs> sentence, but you know what I'm saying, right? No, I'm with you. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's 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 that seems harder to me than pulling off good acting because crazy it is good. talent. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, who's your favorite character in the movie? Kind of a mind fuck when you think about it. It really is. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm falling it's asleep thinking about actors yeah, acting badly. Yeah, my favorite character is Al Pacino because of the confidence, the way he talks, uh, it, the quick thinking and the delivery of the lines, I think is like we said, better than all of the other guys who deliver their lines perfectly. And Pacino goes somehow to this next level beyond perfect, which only one guy could have done, I think. Mm -hmm. And that that's why Pacino and the character of, What's uh, what's his name? I, he's just Al Pacino to me, and I don't uh, even know. Oh, uh, Roma? Roma, yeah. The character of Roma just stole the whole thing for me. So Even though I will say 
the best single scene is Alec Baldwin, and I will die on that hill. Yeah, that's the best. I scene. think that's Your the best, best acting not... in in the whole movie, <laughs> and yeah. it. But it's just one scene, so that's not a... my favorite character. That's not a hot take. After I watched this movie, I it like broke glass in my brain about how many times this has movie has been quoted <laughs> in media that I've enjoyed and consumed without even fucking realizing it. The, the amount of times that the coffee is for closers has been used in different in different. I think the office uses it. I think I'm pretty sure yeah. they say that. Um, OK, my favorite actor or my favorite character is the Shelley Levine character played by Chuck Leonard. I just think. The way that he talks it, to me, I think that because he taught like Roma says that Shelley has his character. He he's, he has a kind of a throwaway line like, oh, like you used to teach me like you taught me. Roma mm-hmm. says that later on when he's kind of like pushing up Shelley's ego. And I think for one, the wide range of emotions that this character goes through, right? He's at the bottom of the barrel, right? And then for 30 seconds, he's at the top, top, top. Well, technically longer than that because he comes in all high, whatever. Right. Um, He's at the top, tippity top of the mountain. And then he descends back to even lower than what he was before, which is unthinkable. And then there's so much depth to him as a character. I think all these characters have a tremendous depth. But to me, I picture Shelley as who a guy who was once like this just astounding Roma-esque young buck in the office, probably in the 70s, right? 20 years later he's in his 40s maybe later like in, in the 50s 40s he's in his you know younger he's in his 30s whatever I, I threw a lot of numbers at you um when he's in his prime right and he's at he's roma's age and he's just selling and he's killing it right and no one's saying no and then now he's sort of aged and he just he just lost his fastball can't do it he lost his fat that's a great way of putting it time has a way of catching up with us right and i think as we get older a little bit we're still very young we're 21 there's moments where I feel old where I'm like, I don't understand what this is. Right. And (laughs) it's just like, you feel time catching up with you. And then eventually time takes over and you get beaten down and you're behind, you're behind the times. And that's what happened to Shelly as a character. It sounds like he was at the top of the hill and now he's at the bottom. Right. And it's kind of a, that is a macro version of what we see in this scene in these two scenes where it's in the big sense, that's what his life was as a salesman it was up and then it was deep down and then you see that in the microcosm of that in this movie where it's up and then it's back down so it's a great performance from lemon i'm obsessed with him and i'm going to be checking out all of him and al pacino obviously and ball all these guys alan arkin ed harris everyone just hitting it out of the park yeah it's it's like I said very early in the podcast, you don't have a lot of dialogue-driven movies these days where it's no. it's all it's about is the conversation and these there's characters. No there's obviously no action, and like we said, there's only a couple settings. There's there's no montages. It's talking, it's character development the whole time, and it's it, it, they don't make movies like that anymore. They really don't. What's your review for this movie? Are we doing it out of 10 or out of 5? Let's, do it out of Let's go out of 10. You go first. Okay, I'll go... I, okay, so this is tough. It's so it, hard because I want to give it a give 10. It, well, no, you got to give it a preface. Like, what is a 10? For me, Goodwill Hunting is my favorite movie ever. 
that that I'll say that's my only ten that I've ever had. So if Goodwill Hunting's a ten, I think this movie's like a a nine point three. I don't know what my favorite. I know my fa- the the only movie that's my favorite, like my favorite movie ever, is a comedy movie, which is not on. It's The Big Lebowski is like my favorite. That counts, um, dude. Big Lebowski's was, a ten. What's this? It's not. But Big Lebowski's not a ten. I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know. I. I'm gonna go with nine, nine point three, and it it's weird because I want to give it a ten, but the only reason I wouldn't give it a ten is that there's no action, but it doesn't need action, and I wasn't left thinking like I wish there was action, but it just feels like that's something. Yeah, um, thinking about it now, I guess if Goodwill Hunting's a ten, I might bump down to like a. Oh no, I already locked in my answer, so fuck it, we're keeping it nine three. I was gonna bump it down because I don't know. There's better stories out there, but there's not a whole lot of better acting out there and i think that's where my head went immediately like that's what's so interesting there are better plots there are crazier twists even though we didn't see the twist coming there are probably better characters there there are definitely better characters but these are great characters and the dialogue and the writing and the acting all stacks up and makes it amazing so maybe we rewatch this later on and i give it a lower thing but for me as a new person that's like newer into movies, I th- I just think like this is a movie. This is all that a movie should be. It's you sitting with these people for an amount of time. And by the end of it, you feel like you really know them, but you also feel like you don't really know them. And you get a snapshot of a time in history when this movie was created. And maybe that time's still around in more modern movies, but it's not around now. Okay. And you're fully in it, and I just think that there's a lot of development, there's a lot of character development, there's a lot of emotion, and it made me think after I was done. Like I, I sat and I thought about this movie for a while. Yeah, um, I have one question for you, yeah. actually, and I should have asked it earlier because we are to give our ratings. But when you're watching this movie, do you root for any of these characters more than the other? Is there a protagonist? Is there an antagonist? Clearly, you like Shelly. Are you rooting for Shelly? Because yeah. for, for me... I found it tough to root for Shelly because he was so, first of all, bad at what he did and also just trying to con people. But you're rooting for him. See, that's funny. I didn't think he was bad. I thought he was good. Like, I thought the way that he spoke and the tactics, I thought they were out of date, but I thought that I could just see that they had once been good. And maybe it's because I live with my grandpa and I just (laughs) have this, like, affinity for old people and I hate to see them suffer and I hate to see them, you know, be working at his age. He should be retired. And I think that's why I rooted for him. And he has like a sick daughter that it's kind of alluded to. And that's true. He's not yeah. a scummy. Like to me, Roma's a scumbag. Roma's absolutely a scumbag. Yeah. Like he's the best at what he does. He's the biggest scumbag. He's the biggest piece of shit. And I was well, like, t- yeah, I don't like know. If I, I let, let me put it to you I, this way. Like, like if two, if I got a sales pitch from two guys, Roma would not sell me. Shelly would sell. Shelly would sell me. Shelly could sell me anything, that, that, which is crazy. The point of, but the point of the movie is that Roma would sell you. So I, I just but Roma I wouldn't disagree I, with you. For me, because the way, but I can see through Roma's bullshit. I don't know why. It's the way that he's talking, what he's you saying. You can see through it because it's a movie. <laughs> like, well, it's yes, but, but Shelly's, but Shelly's would like. It must be the way he looks or something. That Shelly's thing would have sold me because I maybe out of pity for the way he looks or whatever. Roma, I would have been like, the way that you're talking, like, you know a lot more than I do, pisses me off. 
Shelly no, gives you this I, this dialogue I, that kind of boosts you up and makes you. It's like he's like a sad dog. But you know? the, that's the point is he's a sad dog. And how easy is it to kick a sad dog? Like, I don't kick dogs. Or, I love dogs. No, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that sounded terrible. No, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Is I'm not I'm not going to kick the sad dog away. I'm going to I'm the guy that goes and fucking brings in the gross wet mutt that bites people and has them live at my place. Right. And yeah, whereas other normal people are going to be like that. That dog's fucked. Why are you? Go look at this. Go <laughs> yeah, look at this. Fucked. He has a disease. Don't bring him into yeah. your house. Go get the golden doodle. That's fucking purebred. <laughs> that's great genetics. That's what Roma is. Roma's the fucking golden doodle. People have different. See, the standards. thing is, Roma. Roma could be the golden doodle, but like we said, you don't know that Roma's trying to sell you stuff. That's why I think Roma's good at sales, and that's why I think Levine's not. Levine is super obvious. With, oh yeah, I'm from. I'm only in town a couple days. It's such a bad you pitch. You have to dude. buy this. <laughs> and and Roma actually makes this guy think he's his friend. And so so to me, like it, Levine was a horrible salesman. I think that was part of what you were supposed to get. Yeah, I'm not sure about the protagonist antagonist thing. But I'm just not smart enough on the, the character development and stuff like that. No, that that was the question is I think that that Shelley was the protagonist and the guy you were supposed to root for. The antagonist I, I don't think there was one. If there was an antagonist, I think it would be M- Mitch and Murray, the company. Or Do you think it could be um, Dave Moss? Because Moss... I was going to say that. I, and Dave Moss is Ed Harris. Dave Moss yeah. is the one who comes up with the idea for the robbery. But that's the kind of thing where it's the Breaking Bad thing where I root for Walter White, even though he does terrible things. It's the succession mm. thing where I root for... For Kendall Roy. Or Kendall or whoever it is. I want Logan to do well. And wait, Logan wait, does you, horrible things. You wanted like, Logan to do well? I mean, yeah, I loved Logan. Like what? As a character? I absolutely. Hated Logan. I, I, I didn't I didn't want Logan to to fail as a CEO. I'll put it that way. Did I did I want someone else to take over the company? Yeah. But I didn't want to see that company go down because of how attached you get to Logan and and you see how good he actually is. And it's the same thing with Walter White, where it's like he's doing shitty fucking things. He's cooking yeah. meth. <laughs> he's hurting. He's responsible lives. for for murder. He let Jesse's girlfriend die. Hey, 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 hey! I'm not still... I'm finished. I'm finished, dude. Dude, that show's been out since like oh. I'm working so it I'm out. I'm not. There is. Spoiler alert! Don't spoil. No, shit. no, Don't no, spoil. no. Yes, yes, yes. Fuck There's you, a cutoff I'll... for spoiler alerts. <laughs> There's a cutoff. Okay. It's, it's probably like two years and we're well past. Wait, that. I'm trying to get done with Better Call Saul first and I'm going to move into Breaking Bad. That doesn't make sense. Don't Why? Do Isn't it chronological? <laughs> is it not Why chronological? Why would you want <laughs> it? Better Call Saul is a prequel, but you should watch there it you go. first, in my Why? opinion. Because it came out first. Yeah, but people said if you're going to watch it from the beginning and you haven't watched it right as it came out, I read online that they said you should start with Better Call Saul. Okay, either either way. <laughs> Which, when does that show get good? Christ. Fucking three and a half seasons in. I'm like, Jesus fucking... You're three and a half in, huh? It's starting uh, to get good. Like, he's he's starting to go to, like, some fucking... He's starting to get involved with the mafia, or the fucking Mexican mob, or I don't know what it is, the gangs a little bit more, and it's starting to get a little interesting, but I God almighty, I just want to punch his dink brother in the mouth and just, like... I got I got one season through, and I quit oh, sorry. after okay. one season, so... I, Spoilers I go both ways. I didn't think that was um, an amazing show, but everyone says it's an amazing show and that you have to get through the first season, but I didn't make it through the first season. <laughs> yeah, it's the first three, I think. First three, yeah. <laughs> well, back to, to, to wrap up the, the movie, though. 
I, I think it's really interesting when movies make you root for bad guys or, or guys who do yeah. bad things. So that's that's why I want to bring that up because I was rooting for Al Pacino Roma. the whole time, even mm. though he was a con artist. Yeah. All right. That might have been the most fun I've ever had on a podcast. I don't know about you. Take a it's season. a great switch up. It's a great switch up from sports. All right. Um, we're going to be doing this a lot. We're going to try and get one movie out a week. Um, we're gonna do old movies, movies that are coming out, um, movies, maybe listener submitted movies, whatever. Um, I have a list running, so we will be doing that. Um, yeah, let us know how you felt about this. Uh, we'll. This was our first one, so sorry if it was a little messy, but we are going to be sticking. I think we're gonna stick with this, correct? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. All right. That was a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening. I have been Max Belzik. You have been Jordan Dyer. We are going to be back next week with another movie. Thank you all for listening. And we are the recliner. And we are the recliner. Peace. (laughs)